SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. This evening, I'm Brad Brown. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting IPL with the editor of SA Cricket Magazine, Tom Seisland. As the IPL progresses, we'll look at who the form teams are and how the South Africans are doing. We'll also talk some wheelchair tennis and uh, we'll look back at this weekend's Super Rugby action. But let's start with football news. Orlando Pirates are out to end their poor run of home form this evening. They host Maritzburg United in the absolute premiership, having registered only two wins out of 10 home league games this season. Pirates coach Shell, uh, Jean Frey is hoping a home ground advantage can give his charges a much needed boost. We haven't played at home since uh, over a month now. So I think it was like the 7th of uh, March or something like that. So it was a long time since we played at home. Of course, as I have said the whole time since I arrived here, they're a talented group of players, but they need some confidence, and maybe games like this can help them a little bit. So, hopefully, hopefully. Other fixes this evening see Tipper United welcome Paul Aquane City Golden Arrows travel to Bidvest. Witzenbrock AFC host Free State Stars. All those matches kick off at 7.30, just under an hour from now. Some bad news coming out of the Mamelodi Sundowns camp. They've confirmed that Tiani Mabunda will be out for at least six weeks. He's torn ligaments in his ankle. There's also two UEFA Champions League fixtures to look forward to tonight. Juventus host, uh, Juventus host Barcelona and Monaco are away to Borussia Dortmund. Speaking of Barcelona, forward Neymar has been suspended for three matches. He'll miss the El Clasico following his red card that he received against Malaga on the weekend. Cricket South Africa have launched the third edition of the Africa T20 competition. This year sees the tournament return to the inland stadia for the second time after the coastal stadia were used for the second edition. CSA CEO Haroon Logat says the tournament's a launch pad for young, unknown cricketers. Um, it succeeded our expectations. We did uh, set up this as a development platform for cricketers that we would never have known about. Uh, it's, it's gone very, very well. Uh, this third edition is now promising to be, again, something that we will enjoy. It's back uh, in the inland, so it's the second time around that these venues will be hosting. And I'm sure from the first experience they're going to do much better. The format's the same as the previous two editions, with the 12 CSA Provincial Associates being joined by KwaZulu-Natal Inland and three African nations, namely Zimbabwe, Namibia and Kenya. Logat says the tournament is important to help grow the game on the continent. Part of our thinking was that we need to start uh, involving ourselves in trying to grow the game across the continent. Um, I think for a long time uh, we, we were challenged and we were battled with our own issues. Not that we're over all of it, we've got lots to focus on back at home, but I think it's time for us to start looking abroad, uh, on the continent, uh, across the African continent, and it was, it was a, it was a clear aim of ours uh, to invite some of the countries, and we're grateful for their participation. There are two live matches taking place in the world of cricket. The West Indies up against Pakistan in the third ODI. That one taking place in Guyana. And the West Indies currently 161 for three after 40 overs in the IPL. The Delhi Daredevils posted 205 for four in their 20. Rising Pune Supergiant 17 without loss after the first two overs in their run chase. 
Britain. Speaking of Pakistan crickets, they've charged former test batsman Nasi Jamshed with spot fixing. In Sevens News, Blitzbar coach Neil Powell's called up Sandir Robo to replace the injured Selwyn Davids in their squad for this weekend's HSBC World Seven Series leg in Singapore. Super Rugby, the Lions have confirmed that Ruan Combran could return to action towards the end of this month following a shoulder injury. Some bad news though, Yaku van der will be out for four more weeks due to that foot injury, while Dylan Smith has been ruled out for around six months, uh, also with a shoulder injury. Meanwhile, fullback Andres Katsia will undergo a late fitness test ahead of Saturday. Today's clash against the Stormers, he has picked up a hamstring strain. And finally, on to golf. South Africa's Brandon Stones, the first player to qualify for the 2017 Nedbank Golf Challenge, hosted by Gary Player. It's all part of the European Tour's newly founded Rolex series. Michael Flismas has more. As the dust settles on the first major of the year, South Africa's Brandon Stone already has his sights set on Africa's major at the end of this year. With the announcement that tickets are now on sale for this year's Nedbank Golf Challenge hosted by Gary Player, Stone is celebrating being the first player to qualify for this year's tournament. The 23-year-old cemented his place in the field when he became the second youngest player in South African golf history after Charles Schwarzel to win the Sunshine Tour Order of Merit. And Stone says he's looking forward to a second appearance at the Gary Player Country Club at Sun City from 9 to 12 November. Obviously, having cemented my spot in the Ned Bank Golf Challenge is, is an incredible achievement. The Ned Bank Golf Challenge, it's quite a big event to be a South African player. It's always nice to represent your country abroad, but it's even better to represent your country at home, I think. The support that we always get at that event for the South African players is always great. And with the new format last year, it really took the event to another level. And I think it's only going to keep growing and growing and growing. So to, to have my name along the participants for the, for the week is going to be great. Michael Flismas, Cape Town. Coming up next on SAFM Sports Wrap, we've had some wheelchair tennis. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some wheelchair tennis now here on SAFM. And uh, today was day two of the South African Open. That's uh, taking place uh, at the Ellis Park uh, Tennis Arena. And we join now uh, from Wheelchair Tennis Africa, Anthony Morotane. Anthony, welcome on to SAFM uh, today. Thanks for, for your time. And just looking at uh, today's results... Uh, across the board, it was a tough day for the South Africans. The, the big names in South African wheelchair tennis, I think, uh, weren't troubled too much, but uh, there's a lot of other South Africans in there that really struggled today. Yeah, true. Thanks, Brett, for having me, and uh, let me just send my greetings to your listeners. It was uh, a good day all around for South African top players. Uh, I'm talking here, Luca Fitole, who is the country's uh, top player in the uh, quad division, your events Maripa in the men's division, and uh, Hotato Monjane, who is the, the women's leading, uh, the country's leading women's player in the women's division. And like you indicated, Brett, um, if you can check most of the South Africans that actually were down today, uh, uh, actually inexperienced players who went up against your world number one, Stefan Hodeim, your world number two, um, uh, Gerard from uh, um, Belgium, you, 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 you Nicolas Pfeiffer, who's the world number four from France. So those are the players. And obviously that was expected because our players are not that experienced, obviously, compared to them. But it was actually quite in, uh, very impressive uh, when you look at um, the incredible fight back from Hotasokeji Munjanin, who uh, uh, defeated uh, former world's number one, um, Sabine Ellerbrock, who from Germany. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, let's talk about that performance. Uh, I mean, KG, phenomenal. Uh, you, you talk about Sabine Ellibrox. She's seeded fourth for the tournament. That was in the in the quarterfinals, so KG through to the semis. 7-5, seven, 7-5. Five, seven, five. I mean, if you look at the other scores, obviously the, the, the opener between uh, Dede de Groot and uh, Lucy Schuker went to three sets, but the other games were, were pretty one-sided, but uh, KG had a fight hard for that win today. Yeah, quite actually quite impressive because last year KG lost to uh, Sabine Ellibrox in the uh, quarterfinals of the SA Open here at Ellis Park. So she actually, uh, when we spoke to her that, uh, at the beginning of the tournament, that she wants to turn uh, the tables around this time around. And we saw her seat battle. She, after actually a tough battle uh, to secure the first set 7-5 uh, against uh, Sabine Ellerbrook, she came back. I mean, she, she was down 5-1 in the second wow. set. Yeah, but she fought back to actually take the set 7-5. So that's actually quite impressive. And obviously going to the semifinals tomorrow against one of her biggest uh, uh, rivals, which is a male base from the Netherlands, who's a quite a very strong player. And But with the way uh, KG is playing, you might be surprised tomorrow that she can actually take it. Because when you look at their head-to-head between uh, KG Munjane and Magellan Bay, Magellan Bay is beaten KG most of the time. So... We, we, we're hoping that she does well tomorrow and go through to the finals of the FAU Open. Yeah, and I mean, coming from 5-1 down in that second set to win at 7-5 will give her tons of confidence going into that semi. But let's touch on, on Lucas Etole in the quads. Six love, six love, the margin of victory over Michael Manslanya. Uh, Lucas is way too strong. So, uh, I mean, he's, he's showing his class. He's played lots on, on the global stage and uh, doing it back home in Joburg. Yeah, definitely. Lucas is um, the top ranked in the tournament. Uh, obviously, if you can check after the withdrawal of the um, world's number two, David Wagner from America, who was, who was actually one of his biggest uh, competitors. And he also, uh, we had another withdrawal from Andy Lapton from um, uh, Great Britain. Um, so Lucas now is, uh, I think, his, his, his only two uh, uh, players now in the tournament, in the quad division, who are ranked in the top five. That's Lucas Tolen Aaron Lim. That's his biggest uh, uh, competition in the tournament. So, I mean, uh, his match today uh, against um, uh, Michael Matanya was uh, actually very easy. And um, tomorrow he will be playing uh, 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 a uh Ronewa Mutanani from Venda, who's uh, the country's number four in the quad division. He plays very well. He has improved his game. So it's not really a big competition for Lucas tomorrow, but the tennis, you never know what might happen. But, yeah, like I'm saying, he is actually going to uh, play uh, H.A.R.M.A. from Israel, who is the world number five after Lucas. So it's going to be quite a challenge in the finals of the quad division. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned Evans Maripa at the, the start of our chat as well. Six love, six love. He he won today too over Ismail Tipuke. So, uh, yeah, great great win for him. Also a very one-sided clash, but uh, it's not going to get easier going into into the next round. I can tell you one thing that uh, Stefano Ote from France is the world number one in the men's division. Is one of the amazing, uh, fast, uh, strong players, and uh, he has held the world number one position for quite some time. And even Maripa lost to him last year uh, in the opening round. So uh, we've actually been watching events when he was uh, in, uh, in America. He played two tournaments in America recently. He's been doing very well, and. We just hope, he said when we spoke to him in the interview that he will just give it all. All he has, he, would never, he won't give it away easily, and he will make Hotei, obviously, uh, to work hard for it. So it could yeah. be a very tough match, and yeah, we'll, we'll see the outcome tomorrow.
Yeah, it should be a fantastic day's uh, wheelchair tennis. It's all taking place at the Ellis Park Tennis Stadium in Johannesburg. Uh, we'll chat again soon, I'm sure, Anthony. We'll have all those results for you tomorrow afternoon here on SAFM. Uh, Anthony Morotane from Wheelchair Tennis Africa. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Enjoy the tennis tomorrow, and uh, we look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you so much, Brett. Choose to go through the toll plazas quicker this Easter. Open a Sunrail account, get a tag, and use the tag-accepted links at most toll plazas in SA to pay your toll. It does not cost you more. Call 0800-726-725 for more details. Sunrail, Beyond Roads, an agency of the Department of Transport. Terms and conditions apply. Are you afraid of some animal or challenge? And want us to help you overcome it in a fun-filled way? While well, Matthias and myself invites you to join us on a fun-filled adventure that might also cure your fear and change your world. You don't have to be young, fit or even strong, only want to live a little. Go to www.sabc2.co.za and you could partake in our next authentic adventure. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. This is South Africa's news and information leader, and so the 2017 Indian Premier League is well underway. I've uh, sort of lost count what edition this is, but uh, there's been some amazing performances, uh, and I think the one that's on everyone's lips is uh, Prote- A.B. de Villiers. What a knock. Uh, yesterday we'll chat more about that in a moment, but uh, we join now by cricket pundit uh, Tom Sizeland. Tom, welcome on to SAFM this evening. Thanks for, for your time tonight. Do you know offhand what edition the IPL, this IPL is? It seems it's almost getting as bad as Super Rugby. They're just sort of one flows into the next. Yeah, thanks again for having me, Dad. Um, well, the only reason I know uh, this year is because it's the 10th. So it's a nice round number. <laughs> Okay, so there, there, is a, there is a milestone. But so far, I mean, a couple of impressive performances. From a team perspective, who's, who's impressed you so far? Well, from a team perspective, I would have to say the Kings of Eleven Punjab because they've won both their games. And um, despite the heroics of A.B. de Villiers last night, the Kings Eleven were still clinical enough to pull off a very convincing victory. And it was actually um, Hashim Amla who did most of Hamish with the bat. The South Africans have actually had a really good tournament so far in general. Yeah, let, let's let's touch on the, the South Africans and, and let's start with A.B. de Villiers' performance last night. Uh, he's, he's, I think there's one word to describe him and that's genius. Well, that, that was amazing. I mean, they were, I think A.B. at one point was on 26 of 31 balls, something like that. And then, I don't know if this has ever happened before, but Royal Challengers Bangalore scored more runs in the last five overs than they did in the first 15. <laughs> and AB went and scored nine sixes, and some of those shots were just absolutely insane. There were a couple of sixes that there's no other man on this planet that can do what he did last night. I mean, he's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, in the end, he ended up getting 89 of 46 balls, which... Which in itself is, is pretty impressive, but you, you mentioned those sixes. Tom, what makes AB so special? I mean, he's, he's obviously sort of generating cult status for himself in India in the IPL, but he is just such a great player. What, what, what makes him that much better than everyone else? Well, I think Michael Clark actually pointed out, the commentator, he, he said that uh, quite a few of the sixes he hit last night were like hockey shots. And it just goes to show that A.B. is the all-round sportsman. I mean, he excelled at so many different sports at an early age. And he's just got that natural hand-eye coordination. I mean, the timing on his shots, I mean, a few people are talking about his new MRF there. But, 
I mean, everyone's got a decent bat these days. It's just the pure timing and the confidence to just pull off the shots. Like, I mean, they call him Mr. 360. He just pulls off these shots from all kinds of angles, and I don't think any other batsman dare to try and do what he does. But he backs himself so much, and he's got the talent to do it, that he's just able to pull it off so many times. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Michael Clark, but I know Alan Donald's uh, former protest fast bowler tweeted last night. He said he did battle against some serious batters in his time. He said, but A.B. de Villiers is the scariest player on the planet he has ever seen. And for someone like like uh, A.D. to say that about A.B., uh, it, it says a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's the ultimate compliment coming from Alan Donald. And it, it just it just reinforces the the skill of A.B. and... Actually, his form since he's come back from injury is incredible. I read a stat this morning that in 2017 so far, he averages 91. And I think in eight of those 12 innings, he's passed 50. So it's, I mean, he just is never out of form. And he just continues to get better and better with age. Yeah, and, and I think he, he must see that cricket ball like uh, the size of a football. Someone else, I mean, you mentioned Hashim Amla yesterday also scoring some runs, but someone, and I don't want to say he's surprised, because I was surprised when he wasn't picked up in the auction. The only reason he's playing is because he yeah. was a late draft because of injury, is Imran Tahir, and, and he's looked really good. Yeah, well, he's proven everyone wrong. I mean, I, why he didn't get picked up at that auction, I do not know, because he's the number one ODI and number one team 20 voter in the world. And, um, I mean, I'm actually watching the game now. It's the Delhi Daredevils versus the Rising Queen and Super Giants. The Super Giants, uh, picked him up as a late caller. And it's the Delhi Daredevils who actually didn't, uh, renew to his contract. And so he's just gone and got another wicket against his old side. And I think now he's the leading wicket taker in the tournament so far. So he's proven everyone wrong there. And I think the Daredevils are regretting it now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as you rightly say as well, I was shocked that he wasn't picked up in that in that auction. From a, from another South African perspective, who else is is performing and and putting their hand up? Because let, let's be honest, it's important that the South Africans do not just get game time, but perform with with the big cricket coming up later on in the year with the IC Champions Trophy. Yeah, well, David Miller um, provided quite a nice finishing touch to Kings Eleven Punjab's opening victory. And um, Rabada hasn't actually got a look in yet for the Daredevils. I mean. It's actually the Daredevils, for me, that are looking the the hottest prospects at the moment. They've got some seriously good overseas players. So Rabada hasn't played yet. Um, but I see Fasti Tassi is making his first game, uh, first appearance of the season, because Steve Smith is out uh, with the illness. So Fasti is making his first game this season. Um, but the South Africans in general have, have had a really good tournament so far. Everyone stepped up. And, of course, AD is leading the way in that department. You mentioned the, the Daredevils with some, some good international players. There's obviously a limit of how many they can put into their, their starting lineup, and that could disadvantage someone like KG, who, I mean, let's be honest, uh, he's, he's a fantastic prospect, but there are, like you say, some, some really good international players in that Delhi Daredevil squad. Yeah, well, the four overseas players, I mean, they've got that um, exciting young English Open with Sam Billings. They've got the New Zealand all-rounder, Corey Anderson, and then they've got Chris Morris and... Pat Cummins, who's, I mean, it's Pat Cummins who's probably the direct competition for a barter at the moment, but I think Cummins had quite a good first game and he's got that natural pace like Rabada does, so it's probably a close call between the two of them. But actually, the reason why the Daredevils are one of my favorites to win the tournament is because of their, their Indians, actually. They have a very good set of Indians. They've got a, a young middle order with, um, the likes of Sanju Samson, Rasip Pant, 
Karun Nair, who has scored, of course, scored a triple century against England. And then they've got Zaheer Khan and Amin Mishra in the bowling department. So they've got the Indians to back up their overseas to boot. Tom, just off the IPL, but uh, staying with cricket late this afternoon, story breaking that uh, Nasser Jamshed, former po- uh, Pakistan opening bat, uh, test batsman, has been uh, charged with spot fixing. That from the T20 tournament, uh, the inaugural one that happened in Pakistan. I think he's the fourth player to get charged and uh, disappointing. And again, not that it's happening in the IPL, but it does ask a lot of questions and it, uh, it puts a bit of a, a dampener on it because you never quite know what's going on. Yeah, well, it's another setback, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, it just means that the people who are watching these games never really know if this is the true sort of quality of the game that we're watching. But, I mean, it's good that these players keep getting picked up. Uh, it's good that, you know, they they keep getting found out. Um, but you just never know how often it's happening. But hopefully, with the amount of players that are getting found out, it puts more players off from trying to do it. But it is worrying, and it's happened in the IPL before. So it does make the viewer worry that what they're watching is actually not exactly how it should be. Absolutely. Well, Tom Sizen, editor of SA Cricket Magazine, thank you so much for joining us uh, here today on SAFM Sports Chat. Much appreciated. Enjoy the rest of uh, tonight's match and uh, the rest of the IPL. Hopefully we'll catch up with you before the, the end of it, though. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Brad. Hopefully we'll see Sass score some runs in the first game. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and what a weekend of Super Rugby it was. If you listened to the show last week, Friday, you would have heard Craig Ray's preview, and uh, he said that uh, the game of the weekend for him is going to be the one between the Stormers and the Chiefs. And boy, oh boy, what a match it turned out to be. As a neutral, probably one of the best games of rugby I've watched in a long, long time. Uh, fantastic advert for the game, and uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to welcome onto SAFM the evening. He's a sports blogger from uh, the website leftbacks.co.za. Juan Castell, welcome onto the show. Juan, thanks for, for joining us this evening. I think let's start with the best. The, that Stormers game was epic. I mean, some, some crazy skills from both teams. Yeah, Brad, absolutely. I mean, I am a Stormers supporter and I think I was always feeling a little nervous about that result, but what a game it was. Uh, to your point, just a great advert for rugby. Uh, such skills on display. I mean, you don't see that every day. And the fact that there was three scintillating tries, I think it really was just a fantastic advert for the game of rugby. I mean, the Chiefs scored a try in that, in that first half from deep, deep within their own 22. That Everyone is the same. That is probably going to be the try of the season. And then later in the game, early in the second half, the, the Stormers, with, uh, with, uh, it was a bit against the run of play, but a moment of brilliance from, from Dylan Lates. I mean, that pass behind his back on the floor, I mean, I don't think he could have made that pass better if he was standing up and standing still. Totally. Those are the kinds of passes that literally change matches, and also those are the kinds of passes that stick or they don't. And I think it was obviously a 50-50 ball, but yo, I was yo, I was out of my chair shouting at the TV when that happened because that was just yeah, you know, slightly against the round of play. But I really think that that's what won it for us. Yeah, absolutely. And and let's just talk about the the magnitude of that win. Let's not forget that the last time those two teams met was was in the playoffs, Super Rugby 2016. 
and the Stormers got absolutely hammered. They got they got given a lesson on rugby, and and that obviously hurt them a lot. It stung them a lot. You heard a lot of the players talking about it afterwards. Coach Robbie Fleck, just how much it it meant to them to come back and put in a good performance against the Chiefs, and and maybe not beat them, but but not be blown off the park. And and boy, did they step up. I mean, a fantastic win and well deserved in the end. Absolutely. I, I, you almost get the sense that the Stormers were the whole first half of their season was about, you know, getting one over the Chiefs. And I think that that's really what they did. You know, they, they showed in their first game against the Bulls that they are really, really something to be reckoned with. And I think since then, they've been a little hot and cold. But I think the Chiefs, they were really, really switched on. And I, I think, I, you know, a lot of people are saying now that they've emerged as title contenders, and I'm not 100% sure about that because, you know, the, the Chiefs game, we got, we got the result, but I mean, I'm a little worried about how many of those performances we have to put together week after week in order to win the competition. I'm just not 100% sure that our depth can handle that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one one swallow doesn't make a summer, but but a fantastic performance nonetheless. You mentioned the Bulls. Let's talk on the Bulls. They they started the weekend off and uh, on on Saturday morning. And I mean, what can you say? Losing to the Sun Wolves uh, is is that an all time low for for the men from Pretoria? <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I watched the game, and, and I must say the Sun Wolves were good. You know, they were really really up for that game, and I don't think we should take anything away from them. But there's something really not lacking at the Bulls. I think that. You know, they're playing a little bit like the Springboks, you know, of 2016. They feel to be low on morale. There's just something not going well there. I mean, pretty much the only player at the moment who's playing is Berger Odendahl. He's a great player. And I mean, but he can't, he can't, you know, beat everybody by himself. I tweeted it on, on Saturday morning after that result, and, and it's, it's probably a bit harsh, but, but I said you can't win rugby in 2017 playing 2001 rugby. The game has changed, and, and I almost get the feeling that a couple of teams in South African rugby are still lagging behind, whereas you look at teams like the Lions and the Stormers, they've realized that if we need to compete against the All Blacks and, and the, the teams from New Zealand, is we have to change the way we play and the way we approach the game, and I, and I, I, just, I see the Bulls really struggling to make that change. Absolutely. I share your sentiment 100%. I think every time I watch the Bulls play, I see them with short runners, short legs forwards around the fringes. I see them mauling from 20, from the 22, hoping to get like a pushover. I mean, the scrum isn't what it used to be, but you are spot on. I think that their, their tactics are a little dated, and I really think that they need an overhaul. The Sharks up against the Jaguars uh, wasn't the most exciting of games, if I have to be honest as well. I mean, the skills from both sides were were poor. Uh, it was like watching really bad high school rugby, but the Sharks will take a win. Uh, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but a win's a win. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Jaguars were good this year. You know, they, I think beating them is, is probably not to be sniffed at, but, you know, the Jaguars are one of those teams that really just bring the worst out in you. I think when they play at home, there's often a different brand of rugby. When, when they tour, you know, they're niggy, they get accent to the Simbin, there's a lot of oaks to get warnings, and I think that, that that's exactly how they play, and that often brings the worst out of opposition. But, yeah, Sharks did well to get the results. The final game of the weekend was the Kings, who were in Australia on Sunday against the Force. It was a points fest. I mean, 46-41, yeah. the final score to the Force. I think the Kings will feel uh, a bit hard done by. I mean, they, they put in a really good performance. And uh, Again, I'm not a Kings fan, but they've, they've lifted their performance this season. And they, they, there's, there's 
they show good signs. I mean, again, from the skills perspective, there was a, a fantastic little try from from the, uh, the uh, around the back. I don't even know what to call it. Around the backs, just yeah. confusing the defenders. Grubber through and, and try time. If you haven't seen the replays of that, fantastic as well. But uh, the Kings are are showing signs. They 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 running teams hard. Uh, yeah, agreed. I mean, you know, Sunday morning games are typically ones that I don't set the alarm for, but I mean, I was up on Sunday and I watched the game, and yeah, great, great game. So many skills. That Lionel Croniello around the back chip thing was, I mean, I don't know how he premeditated that, but that was just crazy. I see that um, he's been, you know, according to last week's fixtures, he's now listed as the best number 10 in the country, like, off barometer-wise. So yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, it's a bit of a shame that now they... There's uncertainty about the future, but at the same time, I think we need to collapse the structure a little bit, and hopefully the Kings and Province can form some sort of allegiance, you know, and play together. Let's talk about that, because that's obviously been the big news coming out of the weekend. That announcement made on Sunday that uh, Sands are, are cutting back on the number of teams. It's back down to 15 from 2018, and uh, the, the two nations missing out. Australia going to lose one team, and South Africa losing two We've seen what's happened in the past when you cut Super Rugby teams uh, with the Lions losing out to the Kings a, a few years ago. The Lions have bounced back, but it is a huge loss to these unions. But in the greater scheme of things for South African Rugby, I don't think it's a bad thing either. We just need to be really sure how we manage the two franchises and how they get absorbed into the structures because we've seen it in the past as well where, where the, the, the Cats and the Lions or the Lions and the Cheetahs were, were put together as the Cats and there was, there was huge provincial lines in there and, and it just it never really gelled. It, it is a concern. Yeah, it definitely is a concern, but at the same time, I think like in the context of the competition, it's a really, really good thing. You know, I mean, let's be frank. Like, what has the, the Kings, the Spectator, you know, how many Oaks have passed through, passed through that gate uh, over the last season? I mean, I would guess that it's probably like, you know, 30,000 tops. So, I mean, it's not like they really pull a crowd. So the union will lose out on ticket sales, sure, but I think the players will still be absorbed by the bigger unions, and I think that they'll still be on display, and I mean, they'll still play curry cup rugby for, for the Kings, so, or you know, all the cheaters, so it, it really does suck from a financial point of view for, for the player, for the unions, but I think players-wise, I think they'll be fine. I think we in agreement between you and I that Kings are going to be one of the unions. Who do you think is going to be the other one to go? Uh, it's almost certainly going to be the cheaters. I think, you know, it, it's probably going to come down to, like, financial clouts, and I mean, unions like the Bulls and the Stormers are obviously, uh, Stormers, you know, they had their financial issues last year. But I think just in terms of how they have an ability to pull a crowd, I think that they are certainly safe. The Lions, I think, also a good union and, and they won't really be in trouble. But I, so I think that the Chiefs are probably going to find themselves in the firing line. And I think uh, in performances, the way the Bulls are playing, I think the Cheetahs might feel hard done by. So it's going to be an interesting debate. I don't think it's cut and dry just yet. Juan, thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM. If you want to find out more about Juan and their writings, the website to get to is leftbacks.co.za. Juan Constell, thank you so much uh, for your time this evening. Thanks, Brad. It was great to be on your, on your show. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it. We are out of time. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the Talk Shop. I'm back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Sports Wrap returns tomorrow evening. Thank you so much for listening. Be in touch via social media. Right now, that is 7 o'clock and time for your news.